0: what's going on man appreciate you coming on appreciate you know yeah. inviting me this is yeah. nice this is nice what's going on guys this is mike the one percent mindset podcast i got my man jamir with me how you doing brother
1: blessing holly favor man i can't complain i appreciate you bringing me out on this beautiful day you know what i'm saying <laughs> out here for this nice little conversation that we are about to have
0: definitely definitely yeah. so i kind of want to start off i want to kind of go through a little bit of your journey i, sure. I know that you've uh you started you were you were working at high 97 you've interviewed yeah. a lot of great people kind of tell me a little bit about how you got into that
1: okay well uh, I actually started with WBLS okay and um, that was about five years ago 2012 with BLS I told myself I wanted to work at a radio station nothing else and right before I got a job in Chicago with the Judge Mathis show as a producer I got a call from uh, BLS. I applied online, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't really think, (laughs) you apply online, you don't know anybody that these things can work out. But uh, I got a call, I had a first interview, second interview, I was about to have my last interview before I went out to Chicago, and I got a call from BLS. And I knew right there, I was like, I'm gonna make this opportunity work. Mm -hmm. And you know, I didn't even have the job, but I knew I wasn't going to Chicago. So it's I did cold. the interview. I know, this a, you know, <laughs> the pressure was on. It's,
0: it's cold there. You
1: know, it's a little windy <laughs> there. You know, pressure was on. Um, so I actually do the interview, hour long interview and it went well. I got a job as a part-time videographer at WBLS. Um, and in 2014, uh, WBLS parent company, WB sold itself to this, to this parent company, a Hot 97. And uh, we were already in the same building, same floor, and we merged together, so I kind of got grandfathered in, nice. from BLS to Hot 97, working with both. And um, yeah, I did that for about five years. Nice, so yeah. through that process, you
0: were able to you know, host, interview a lot of people. Yeah. Kind of tell me, so the one that I think about the most is uh, you, you interviewed Day 26. I and, did, I did. And you were a member
1: for a I bit. mean yeah, it was day 26 and a half. Day and 25. um, you know, the guys the guys are good, you know. I just didn't go on all the tour dates oh, no. that were promised, guys. <laughs> just saying uh the first leg, second leg and the last leg of the tour I wasn't there. No, wasn't there. Did
0: you, you know? make it to
1: any any of the tour? I saw someone's leg, I didn't make it to A leg, but oh. I saw somebody's leg. It was Rob <laughs> or somebody, you know. But uh nah, nah. Uh yeah, day 26 it was, you know, it was uh, one of my, my favorite interviews to do, and I kind of got into that just because that was always what I wanted to do and I knew I wanted to do. So by going into radio, I had some kind of skill, which was video, interestingly enough, because I, you know radio is trans, transcended now, mm-hmm. just oh, not being over the air, but to digital platforms like most mediums are so uh i knew that there was a certain skill that i possessed i wasn't really good but i, I worked hard and i knew a, a, enough until one day like a personality couldn't interview somebody and i had been telling everybody like i want to interview this is what i do this is what i do this is what i do and i did it and, and you know they they started to allow me to host and interview a little more nice. with celebrities or be be a part of, of of digital shorts and projects um so by the time i left everybody kind of knew jameer is not a videographer, first, but at any all measures, but he is a, a, a on-camera host and a talent.
0: Okay, so I, I was gonna ask you, you know, what was one of your most memorable interviews? I know you yeah. said day 26. So
1: I wanna, wanna kind of
0: transition a little bit mm-hmm. and say, how did you, you know, when you meet celebrities, mm-hmm. or I guess for the standard person, meeting a celebrity, meeting a fan, there's a level of, uh, whether you're shy or, you know, yeah. whatever that emotion is, how did you, when you first, did your first interview with a celeb. First of all, who was it? Who was your first big name that you interviewed?
1: Uh, Oh, first big name was K. Michelle. Michelle. And it was was weird because I did it, but it was during a live stream. So like the immense pressure was on. Like it was a live stream that was sponsored by Lexus. And that was like my first real big interview with K. Michelle and I was like, Pretty, you know, pretty nervous. You know, you yeah. just get you nervous. Of course, I was, I was, I was nervous. Um, and I think looking back at that, I was more focused on what kind of questions that I was gonna ask her instead mm-hmm. of being focused on like an organic conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's just because I wanted to be the best. I wanted just to make sure that her interview was memorable, and I wanted people to really think about it. And I had all these big words written down. I knew I was gonna use. And, um, you know, the interview, while it went well, I know now, looking back on it, what what could I have done better? And that's, you know, actually getting to know the person before the cameras roll, asking uh, genuine questions, and kind of making it an interesting and fun experience because you gotta think about it, people do interviews that are celebrities, they do interviews every day. They got press for whatever project, they hear the same questions every day, um, you know, as long as they're doing press. So if I, if I could redo that interview, I would talk more about her personally. Uh, I, I would ask more uh, personal questions, more fun questions, instead of just like the standard questions, so yeah. Uh, so, so with
0: that interview, did that, I guess it was that big interview that allowed you to do these, these other interviews? Yeah. Okay, What? how did you, fi- I guess throughout that process, I know you said you were nervous, a lot of the pressure yeah. was on, but kind of just really walk, walk us through that actual feeling, right? Because okay. when, you, when you're when you faced with pressure, you know, pressure bus pipes, mm-hmm. you're either gonna succeed or you're gonna are you, fail. Or you're not, right? yeah. What was that mindset to really just get in that comfortable space? What did you do to get comfortable to
1: kind of flow? Um. I, I think to, to, I think in general, as far as being an interviewer, you have to realize that, and this is what I've had to learn as well, that this is a selfless job Mm -hmm. as an interviewer you don't go in trying to be the star don't nobody care all right they come there for the interviewee and then after you do well and work your way up and people start to get to know you then they come there for you so i feel like a lot of the pressure was alleviated right away once i started thinking like that a lot, of, a lot of that nervousness just went into being anxious. Like, how can I make this better than any, any other interview that I've done, that she's done so far? How can I make this better? And while I, don't feel like I com- while I don't feel like I accomplished that with that particular interview, what I will say is that I felt like it was a step in the right direction. I've learned to be now a better assist man mm. because that's what interviewers are. All you wanna do is throw the perfect alley-oop to a LeBron and and have some amazing reaction from your audience, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying? So once you can be in a spot where you you can relinquish the fact that this is not your show, you're here because of these people, you're good at what you do, don't get me wrong. Now you competed for the title too, you D-Wade in this D-Wade and LeBron situation, but understand that this is the star, this is why they're coming.
0: Got it, yeah. okay, so we're, so I wanna speak a little about a little bit about branding. So obviously yeah. as you were doing that, you were able to brand. You used to go, and I don't know if you still do, Jay Lorenzo, right? Yeah. You were, you were Jay Lorenzo a little uh, bit. Jay
1: Lorenzo, um, yes I was.
0: So now you're, you know, I haven't really heard Jay Lorenzo too much anymore. No, now just and you will part. not You will not hear it anymore. Okay, so where did that <laughs> yeah. name come from and why, why the brand changed? Why did you go from,
1: Go from Jay Lorenzo back to Jimmy your pun? name. All right, well, one, Jay Lorenzo kind of popped up on the spot. I was doing this uh, uh, internet radio show called The Takeover. With my, shout out to Robin Jay, um, you know, my, my homie who kind of really gave me my first inside and radio job outside of college. And uh, we were working on the show together. And right before, she was like, well, what's going to be your name? And my middle name is Lorenzo. And just in case, like, you know, people was like, well, where'd that come from? My middle name is Lorenzo. And um, of course, my name is Jameer. So I just took Jay Lorenzo. I thought it was cool. Uh, Looking back on it, it's kind of cringeworthy. uh, Just because, like, I felt like that wasn't me. But I hated my name. I wasn't comfortable with Jameer Pond for some reason. It was just always like, that's weird. You know, what does that represent? But as I started growing as a personality, as a man, I realized that my name was unique, just like my style is, and just like I am. And uh, you gotta, the the biggest part of why people really bang with people's brands is brand authenticity, right, because- Don't miss that. Yeah, Don't, hey, don't miss that, my friends. Um, You know, it's, it's important to be authentic in your brand. I feel like in 2018, we shared so much that that kind of jay lorenzo monica had to come down in order for jameer pond to grow and that's what i feel like ever since i went back to jameer pond like i just feel like you know one day a light switch came on when did that switch take place i don't remember i really don't remember the exact day but i just remember like you know this jay lorenzo thing is not sticking I don't even really, like, it was just a a superhero cape I was putting on, but I wasn't fighting no crime. You know what I'm saying? It it, it wasn't Mm hidden until I became comfortable myself and Jameer Pond just kind of reemerged and then just overly exuded this kind of confidence that that, uh, I feel like now I I possess. Okay. So now we're...
0: You know, you did WBLS, yeah, ninety-seven. You've transitioned out of that.
1: Had space. to j- yeah, transitioned, yeah, so you yeah.
0: Transitioned out of that space. Mm-hmm. What's What's Jameer Pond doing now? Ah. It's funny. We're outside, right? So you probably hear these yeah. weird noises. It's a lot of <laughs> you know. We so. by boats. Yeah, we are by boats. We, we don't got, own any yachts. We're underwater, so I just want to throw that <laughs> disclaimer <with> <laughs> But yeah, no, yes. you're um, you've transitioned out of yeah you know, the the nine to five life right now, and you're kind of doing your own yeah. thing. Kind of tell me a little bit about that. What's what's kind of happening in the life okay. of Jameer Ponce? Something that you're you know you're excited about. Yeah. What's to come?
1: Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I did transition. Uh, I was laid off. You was like okay. I was laid off. I keep it a buck. Yeah, I was laid off. Buck. This is part of the story. Yeah. You know, I was laid off and um, you know, a how lot did you of feel? people. First of all, how did you feel after you got laid off? I was I was shocked, but surprisingly I was happy, and I was happy because I knew I wanted to leave but then they did it first. And when I left, I was like, yo, this is amazing. Like I'm ready, boom, boom, boom. I'm gonna conquer the world now. But yo, grief is real. And I was exuding some of the five stages of grief. I don't know all of them off the rip, but I know it's like anger, you know, uh, you know, sadness. All, I went through all of them because, and you know, even like mild depression, because I spent five, five and a half years giving myself to a company, giving everything I had, to the point where I didn't want to be there anymore. And I just felt like devalued because they kind of shooed me along before I could hit them. They got me before I could get them. They
0: got you first.
1: They got me first. It
0: it, it happens like that sometimes It happens like that
1: sometimes. So I kind of threw myself in my work. No, you had, No, well,
0: and I don't want to cut you off, but I want to make sure I hit Certain points, yeah. Um, that happened, yeah. Right? And you said you were happy. You went through that stage of you know being being sad and you know angry and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Felt devalued, and then after that feeling went away. Yeah. What happened next?
1: Well. I, I'll be honest. That feeling is is still reminiscent of that feeling. I mean, I I think now I'm able to openly talk about it, and I think now it's getting it's getting better. Mm-hmm. But that feeling was there up in, up until now. Basically, it's just really coming down where I can really see who I am and see like like the value of me. Like I said, I felt devalued because I was working for a brand, and having a brand work for me in some instances. But I was I wanted to be a part of that brand so bad and make my mark and feel like I've left something. Mm-hmm. And when you have that, when you have that feeling and a chip on your shoulder, and then it's taken away from you, there's no kind of closure, at least on your own terms. You know what I'm saying? What did you learn from being laid off? Uh, I, I learned that it's really, really, really okay to sit back and go, let me process this just for your own mental health you know what I'm saying Because a lot of times we don't even realize how much we give until it's gone I gave a lot and other people at that company too they 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 give a lot on a daily basis and one thing that you do learn you learn the value of hard work you learn trades you learn just not one aspect of journalism but a whole bunch and I was grateful for the opportunity Um, and what, what that taught me afterwards is that it's okay to mourn, but also don't sit in your pity. You got to get up. You got to transition. You, you have to give yourself time to build yourself back. But in the meantime, you don't want to slip into this pocket of, of, of self-soaking. Of, well, you know, I should have been this. I should have been that, you know. I could have been, you know, I should have, you know, take the ego for, put it on the mantle for a minute. Understand that this happened and bust your ass to get to the next point in your life. And that's the transition period that I, I'm in now. I'm not ashamed of taking hard work, grunt work, working my way back and even better to where I was before because if you think you saw the best of me prior, the best is yet to come.
0: That's big, that's yeah. big. Um, so now you're working on projects. Give me one of the projects that you, that you're working on now that, that well before you do that, you you had a, uh, an event, uh, mm-hmm. maybe about, last, I think it was last year, mm-hmm. where it was your first big event at, at Kinfolk. Do you remember what that was?
1: My first big event at Kinfolk.
0: Um it was it was a it was a motivational event.
1: Oh no, that was at WeWorks. Oh that was at WeWorks. Okay, yeah, it's at
0: WeWorks. Okay. Shout out
1: to Kimfolk though, we do a lot of work there, but um <laughs> That's coming next. That is yeah, okay. Okay, it was at WeWork. Um, talk about yeah, it was that at next. WeWork. It was called Secure the Dream. Secure and the Dream. I love that. Secure the Dream was something that I felt was necessary because it was so many people, including myself, scared of failing and, and afraid in general. There was this fear stigma that you couldn't get past a certain label, level because you were, it was fear. Mm-hmm. And I've had troubles with it. I've had to push past it. But I also noticed a lot of people were experiencing the same thing. So I felt like there was a need with it. So I partnered up with uh, uh, the good people at Driven Society. Uh, shout out to the uh, amazing men and women a part of Driven Society. And uh, I told them my vision. I told them what I wanted to do and it was a free event but i put it out and in the first day it was already like sold out so i'm like wow like clearly this is a need for it and um what what we talked about was how to push past fear how to uh you know not let fear cripple you how to keep a good circle around you how to keep your circle tight um as far as people who support you and how to build a foundation off of uh three or four things that you love doing Mm. and since then i still got people coming up to me and being like you know because of you i have a dream journal which i learned from the disney dreamers academy you know have a dream journal where you could write down things that you want to do
0: absolutely i try to journal every single
1: day that's what i'm saying i even i got to get back to it talking about practice what you preach i got to get back to it you know what i'm saying so um it was just a need for it. Yeah, and I okay. felt like, okay, well we can continue doing this and I haven't given up. I just, I wanted to live life a little bit. And the okay. next one that I'm gonna do is about getting up after a big L. So yeah, you're basically continuing to live your truth. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, you have to. I love that. I think, you have you to. Know, as you you know the easiest thing to preach about is your truth
1: yeah right
0: you know yeah. so we, we see through social media and through all these other platforms so many people winning
1: yeah quote unquote, yeah
0: right and you know it's really hard to to really decipher what's real and what's not mm-hmm. right because everyone always wants to show the good and you know they they rent cars or take photos that's and, a fact you know, so that's a fact You know, the fact that you're doing this is number one is, is absolutely amazing so salute to you I um, kind of want to go through one more thing because I don't want to make this too, too long. Okay. Because uh, you, have, you have a lot of, you know, good stuff. I know you got places to be, you know, you're
1: the man. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> Taking the pad train after this, all right? That's, <laughs> ain't no limo coming to pick me up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I am regular. I am regular.
0: So, uh, so you're working on a few, you got a few things you're working on. Yeah. Um. Now, uh, let's speak about, well, i'll, I'll kind of give you you have a show and and you have yeah. a podcast uh let's let's do dropping gems because i absolutely okay. love your dropping gems series that you okay. did on instagram yeah yeah, yeah 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 um so kind of tell me a little bit about about dropping gems i know you did a live show what,
1: yeah. last week not last week i did a live show in april oh it was in did april did a live show in ago. april okay, yeah, wow. yeah okay i appreciate it's still current look
0: it's yeah still current. I, I, you know i saw it again recently. <laughs> yeah was, yeah okay so you saw so you did you did a, a live show in april yeah um Kind of tell me a little bit about where the idea came from because before you did the live show, you were dropping gems. Yeah. Know, it was daily or weekly. Yeah. What? It was it was daily. It was that was yeah. a lot. Yeah. I, I saw like up to like seventy something or sixty something. Yeah. Something it, was, like yeah it was. It was you, up there. You, you yeah. dropping a lot of gems. I was dropping you of dropping gem. a lot of gems. So <laughs> yeah. kind of tell me like where that inspiration came from and okay. um, like what's your vision for it now. Yeah.
1: Well, dropping gems was something that um, I wanted to do because I felt like. I was stuck at a job where it was a love-hate relationship, and I was talking to a friend of mine, like, I wanna leave, I wanna leave. And they were like, well, before you leave, like, did you pimp them out? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, he was like, yo, did you utilize your resources there to blow up your own stuff? And I was like, nah, he was like, well, before you leave, take that opportunity. And so for, you know, some weeks, I would just sneak into the, The back studio at my job, like when there was downtime, I snuck into the back studio, grabbed the camera, grabbed the microphone, uh, and asked my homies to like adjust the levels and make sure I wasn't, I didn't look too short. You know what I'm saying? Make sure it came a nice height like right here. And, um, you know, I I, I shot a week worth of things that I felt like were gym worthy. And um, I mean by gym worthy, whether it's something going on at work, whether it's relationship, whether it's just personal. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've talked about a lot of things. I've been jumped before, you know what I'm saying? I, I've been through heartbreaks. I've been through, uh, you know, you know, being promiscuous, you know? But I feel like the whole thing about living your truth, and it stems back from me going to going back to Jameer Pond, mm-hmm. is that there's people who need this information and who use it as entertainment, but also people who use it for, like, life lessons. Mm-hmm. And so, as it started to as it started to progress, I knew that I wanted to progress, and I wanted to cancel what I did on a daily basis and make it bigger. So the first live show that I did at Kim Folk actually that was, at was Kim Folk. yeah that was at Kim My Folk bad. and it was called Dropping Gems and it was a live podcast and we had a uh, uh, Sydney Michelle, who is a journalist and a, a, a on camera correspondent. Um, we had Scotty Beam who is also on camera uh, correspondent and one fifth of the Black Girls Podcast, which is amazing. And we had Ashley Acuna, who is the moderator and creator of The Grapevine, which is a, an amazing show uh, featuring a lot of black millennials. Um, and so I wanted to talk with them about women in the digital space and um, how they have built their brands based off of uh, you know just hard work, dedication, much like ourselves, but from a black woman's perspective. And again, I'm so surprised that the room was packed, it was filled, people loved it. And I was like, well, I'm gonna start doing this. So I'm currently planning the next episode and I don't want, you know, people have been asking me, like, when is it gonna happen again? It's gonna happen soon, we just wanna make it right. You know, so we wanna make sure it's, it's cool. So Dropping Gems I see as somewhere that's not just gonna be monolithic and it's gonna live and continue getting bigger and bigger. So
0: two important things that that you spoke about there mm-hmm. um, in that, and the first one is, utilizing the job that you had, that you didn't like oh, at yeah. the time, yeah. and, and making it work for you, right? A lot of mm-hmm. times, you know, we're at places that we can't stand and we check out, <laughs> right? We, we check out, yeah. and you decided, you know, even though you had your exit plan, they let you go first, but yeah. you decided to make the job work for you, yeah. so, you know, really c- kind of keep that in mind. If you're at a place, you, gotta, you still gotta give it your all, and That's you gotta make it work for you. Mm. Uh, the second thing is, would you continue to put in work? Would you posting dropping gems on Instagram mm-hmm. for however many months it was? Yeah. Your audience, right? Sometimes yeah. we don't really fathom how big our audience actually is and how many people are actually watching what we that's do. A,
1: that's, a, that's the truth. Right, that and, is, a, and yeah. I think
0: that's the biggest thing you think, like, nah, I can't, I can't sell out this room. Also, 100 seats, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. And I'm always worried about that, bro. Always. And you never know, as long as you continue to put out good content, as long as you continue to really give value to people, mm-hmm. For free, without trying, like you just you just did this. Yeah, you know people will support and people will you know look out for you and want to whether it's attend events, buy apparel, support your brand, like mm-hmm. whatever that looks like.
1: That's those very are, true.
0: Those are two really really uh, important keys that I got from what you said, and I think that's absolutely amazing, man. Um, before I before I do let you go how does it feel to be on the other side (laughs) I'm curious how does it feel to be on the other side
1: yeah I mean this is always weird just because like I'm an interviewer by nature but um you know anytime I get to talk about myself it's kind of like weird cuz I'm like I haven't done enough to be on this side of the interview but sometimes you have to uh, you know relish in your in, in your success whether it's small portions or whether it's the whole meal you know I have to acknowledge the fact that I am worthy and that I am doing things that are building my brand and building myself into a name that I'm proud of so you know sometimes you gotta smell the flowers and even though sometimes I don't deserve to be you know on the other side um I'm, I'm appreciative that I get to uh no pun intended to drop gyms for people you know what I'm saying so so that they can you know pick them up and uh Get some value.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you you dropped a ton of gems here, so I appreciate oh, that. Thank y'all. Um, thank y'all. And you know, you've had a lot of great success from you know the the people that you've interviewed to yeah. you know, what you're currently doing now. So yeah. it's definitely not a small small feat. Uh, tell them, tell people how, how to kind of find you because I'm sure people are gonna want to see the day 20. Go check out his day 20 <laughs> uh, interview
1: uh, and him. Yeah, shout out to the guys, man. We're gonna get this tour thing together. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be on the fourth leg. There ain't even four legs, but I'm going to be on the fourth leg of the tour coming up soon. Uh, And they can find you at? Uh, You guys can find me at It's Jameer, I-T-S-J-A-M-E-E-R, on Twitter and Instagram. And if there are any women that are over 40 and feeling frisky, you can follow me on Facebook because I know you're there, at uh, Jameer Pond. Love y'all, love (laughs) y'all.
0: Alright, man. I definitely, I definitely appreciate you coming <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, I appreciate Thank you, you so bro. Much. Yo, guys, it's the One Percent Mindset Podcast. I'm with my man Jamir. He's doing a lot of big things. Go check him out, man. Peace. Peace.